Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Well, today I'm so excited to be joined by a great guest. I've been looking forward to interviewing our guest for some time. He has uh, just kind of a a really fascinating story, and he's just an incredible communicator, and I can't wait to dive into it. But we are going to talk today specifically when it comes to our own uniqueness as communicators. How can we take the uniqueness, the message inside of us, and how can we communicate? How can we find the path for success and embrace it and move forward. And I'm just excited to dive into this conversation. And so uh, before I give away too much of his story and background, I'm going to go ahead and welcome uh, Dustin to the podcast. Dustin, thanks so much for being on the Speak With People podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, hey, before uh, we kind of hop into the questions, could you kind of walk us down your story? We don't need like, you know, the 37 chapter version. Although, it does. Huh. I think it would be okay. great. But yeah, kind of give us the who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Well, let me just pop out of screen and go back and maybe you can tell, you know, maybe a little bit about, you know, um, about me. Uh, yes, Dustin Portillo. Um, I reside here in Tampa Bay, Florida and was a professional clown for Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus wow. um, for seven years. It was my childhood dream. At the age of four, growing up in Kansas City, I told my parents I wanted to be a clown for the circus. And at the age of 19, I signed my contract with The Greatest Show on Earth and toured for seven years. And and in that time frame, I did 3,500 shows with The Greatest Show on Earth and hundreds upon hundreds of television, newspaper, and radio interviews. And then that led to the next uh, greatest thing, which I would consider the Cadillac of clowning, uh, being the face of a $72 billion brand, uh, Ronald McDonald. And I was Ronald for almost four years. And then that landed another gig with the largest McDonald's franchise in the United States. Uh, With Casper's company, I oversaw the community relations department, the donating, the sponsoring. Uh, And then that led to me what I'm doing now, which is motivational speaking. And I'm writing a book. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. And um, a lot of that I am juggling currently. Wow. Wow. That is... (laughs) My goodness, that is that is. You're never going to hear that again, are you? I don't. I don't think so. (laughs) Wow. It has been very, very fascinating, and I am incredibly blessed to have had the jobs that I've had. That have one has been the foundation for the next. Yep. It's been very interesting. So was it was it the process getting into Ringling Brothers was that uh, like beyond difficult or is it something that because it was a childhood dream you kind of prepared for it forever? So my my brother had several things that he wanted to do. He wanted to be a herpetologist and work with reptiles. He wanted to be a paramedic. And at the age of four, up until I joined the show, Ringling Clown, Ringling Clown, Ringling Clown. And actually, I didn't. So I I graduated nine months early in in uh, December of two thousand four. And um, I immediately got a job up in New York, up in Queensbury, New York, working at Six Flags. Mm. And I was up there for six months and I checked my email one day. This is a part of my, of my book. 
and I checked my email one time out of six months. Never had, I didn't have the iPhone. We had the old flip phones and the yep. reception was horrible. So I went to the library one day, got um, onto my um, Dustin Ringling 86 at yahoo.com email. Uh, as you can tell, I always wanted to be a, you know, a, a Ringling clown. I checked my email and the and that was on a Tuesday and the Monday prior, the vice president of talent and production emailed me and said, and the subject line was opportunity. And he said, give me a call at your earliest convenience. So I, being naive, thought, oh my gosh, I've missed my opportunity. It's been a day later. So I called him up and he offered me a contract for Ringling. I never auditioned, but I was persistent. And um, at the age of 14 years old, I was emailing him once a month. Letting him know I want to be a clown for Ringling. I, I'm dedicated. This is what I'm doing locally. This is what I'm, you know, and persistence paid off. And at the age of 18, I was offered a contract and I joined whenever I was 19, which was one month later. And I, that was my entire journey with the greatest show on earth and uh, very incredible opportunity and really opened my eyes to, you know, we were going to 48 cities a year and, 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 you know, you're doing a thousand shows every two years and you're performing in front of 15 million people annually. Wow. And you're 19 years old and you are doing this. And it was really, uh, an out of body experience. Now looking back, um, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I left. I'm glad that I experienced it. And it really was the trajectory to where I'm on now. Wow. That is amazing. Talk about, you know, putting you in a, in a, a hot cooker to develop your communication skills, you know, at such a young age, being in front of so many people being able to communicate and act and, you know, use every resource you have must've been incredible. Sure. Well, I had a speech impediment growing up and I had oh. a stuttering problem and I probably should have went through some sort of a speech therapy. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible. Whenever I would get excited or get nervous, it would really, rear its head. And, it, and I started to notice that during the interviews I was doing on Ringling, I would either talk way too fast and try and get the messaging out and I would stumble over the words. And I, it just came across as unprofessional, although I was a professional idiot. And so at about year three or four, I noticed that I was harnessing my excitement, not through trying to verbally get the messaging across like that mm -hmm. but through facial expressions. And I was, I was, I was toned down and I was really, whenever you speak slower, people tend to listen more intently. Whenever you're trying to hurry up, that's when things start to spill over and, and you look idiot, you know, like an idiot. And so I noticed that, you know, year three or four that I started to harness the energy differently. And I began to, really do my own speech therapy while I was on Ringling Brothers. Huh. And, you know, going, you know, going back to your five, six, and seven, you can see this drastic difference. You know, it's almost like Cinderella when she's cleaning the floors. And then whenever she's gone to the, you know, ball, you can really see this massive transformation. And I knew that I had to dive in and try and get this fixed. And that really was the catalyst was I, you know, I already look like an idiot whenever I have everything on. I don't really want to portray that all the time whenever I'm supposed to be out there and we're the ambassadors of the circus. The clowns are the English speaking performers. And if the guy can't get his messaging across, yep. then there's a bigger, a bigger problem. And so yep. that really started to 
um, build as I was with the circus. And then that led to the job as Ronald McDonald, where you're the face and you're, you're the billboard of a $72 billion brand. And then however, how you portray yourself, how you look, how you act, how you talk, you, you know, I'm representing 200,000 people. So there's a lot of weight on your shoulders and everyone has this, right? And if their iPhone is in their pocket, you're saying something off, 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 uh, off the cuff and someone's recording you, you are toast. Mm. And so whenever I was with Ringling Brothers, we were uh, um, yearly, we would do two media trainings. They would fly in this big wig uh, media personality from Miami and she would, and it would be a, a half day training where, she, where they would go over talking points for the brand new show. Um, and then how we would drive the bus. And so whenever you are out there doing television or newspaper or radio interviews, someone asks you one question and then you run with it and you eat up their allotted time. Mm. That way you're getting your messaging out. But if you're stumbling over your words and, and you're so scatterbrained, there are moments where you just don't look professional. And so I knew I had to get ahead of that. And it was the best thing I ever did. Wow. Wow. That is just incredible. Yeah. So uh, going back to your last name for a second, any relation? I, I lived in Chicago for a bunch of years. So any relation to the restaurant? No Portola's? hot dogs. No <laughs> hot dogs. So really, 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 really quick. Grandfather died in 2001. We didn't know anything about him. Brothers, sisters, mom and dad. He never spoke with anybody. Fast forward seven years later, my uncle wanted to dig up and see, found out that my grandfather had stolen someone's identity decades and decades and decades ago, went to the grave with it. And so our, yes, my, my last name is Portillo, but truly it's not. We don't really know anything huh. about our heritage. We know that we come from the, from the Mediterranean and it was like 90% Italian, 10% Spain. So, um, very interesting. So I, wow. I guess you could say I'm with the witness protection program, although I just outed myself. So <laughs> I'll probably be having the FBI call me here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, what, that's incredible. What yeah. a journey. What a story. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I wish that. I was, I, you know, I wish I was a part of the Portillo clan. Um, I, 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 I'd send you Jason, a, a thing of hot dogs, but <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry about that. Not going to happen. I love it. I love it. Well, you've had to learn it as a communicator. You know, obviously we all have our own uniqueness. We're all created, you know, in a unique way. How right. did you, or how do you think other communicators can kind of find their voice among their own uniqueness? You know, how can leaders utilize that uniqueness, the past experiences like you have, you know, all these things that you've been able to do to achieve success, you know, find that, that uniqueness and communicate and move forward. You know, it's so it's so difficult to drown out all of that noise. And mm. so many people conform to their environment like a chameleon. Mm. And I, I've had my moments where that was definitely something that I that I did, but you you learn quickly that that's not how you operate. And that's not my personal MO anymore. I'm going to stand out amongst everyone else. Um, and it is so difficult for people to truly be their unique self, mm. um, especially leaders out there. They think that whenever they come to the office environment or wherever their office is, that they have to put on some sort of a mask. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's just, I just don't buy into that. Yeah. My background, my uniqueness, Ringling Clown, Ronald McDonald, Casper's company to what I'm doing now. If I didn't truly embrace my uniqueness, I would blend in with everybody else and I mm. wouldn't, I wouldn't be a, a standout. So it is absolutely imperative for you to draw on your uh, past. Now, here's a, here's a really big difference. Are you revering your past or are you respecting it? Let me give you a little analogy. So many people in the McDonald's world revere McDonald's from the uh, past. Mm. They're living in the, in the past. McDonald's back in 1975 was a great about Yeah. Yep. Then respect it. Yeah. Respect where you came from and be relevant to today's audiences. That is, that to me is the most crucial thing. You have got to be relevant with your audience and McDonald's and, and even Ringling Brothers, they, they closed in 2017 and they just opened up about a month and a half ago and they've reinvented themselves. Mm. They're 148 years old. And so you think, oh, someone's, you know, this, this entity is 148 years old. How are they going to be relevant and, and be unique? And so it took them six years after closing to figure out how are they going to stand amongst the noise out there and, and, be, and be way different. Ringling from 1923 to 2023 is 350,000% different. Right. It can't stay the same. And so people always have to be relevant and be unique and embrace their uniqueness. One of the chapters of my, of my uh, book is own your originality mm. and you have to be the unicorn. You have to be a unicorn. And typically unicorn is a business that is valued at a billion dollars. And I found that at Casper's, our company wasn't a billion because we were a franchise. It was worth several hundred million dollars, but it was a, you, it was a unicorn. We were so unique and therefore you had a bunch of unique people inside of Casper's. And I truly believe that if you're not drawing on your uniqueness and your past and being relevant, you're going to get drowned out and you're going to lose relevancy just like that. Wow. 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 You kind of started walking down the road, kind of, kind of walk us through, you have, um, uh, it's five words. I always mess it up if it's an acrostic or an acronym, but you kind of walk through these five words that kind of yeah. are a roadmap, uh, kind of give us, give us a little insight about that. Sure. So my book is called, it's okay to be an idiot. Mm. And idiot is an acronym. But before I get to that, people call the clown the fool or the idiot. So mm. there's really two, two meanings to this particular book. I used to be a clown, so therefore idiot. You know, I had no problem. You know, any, you know, even if you go to my LinkedIn profile, up at the top, the headline says, motivational speaker, author, professional mm. idiot. That makes me stand out. Mm. I have no problem being called a professional idiot. I mean, God knows I've lived it all my entire life, but idiot is also an acronym. Imagine your potential, dream big, ignite your inner fire, own your originality and give thanks. Mm. And if you follow those five core concepts, I firmly believe, I know that if you're the maintenance man at a hospital, 
if you're cleaning the toilets and urinals at a fast food restaurant, or you're a motivational speaker like Jason, or you're the CEO of a Fortune 100 company, if you follow those five principles, I guarantee you, you will find success. But you have to let it reverberate with inside of you. Mm. Um, think of it as having some sort of a varnish on, and it's just pinging off of you. You're, you have to let it soak in. Mm. And so many people read these motivational books and, and they're all great. But if you don't let it soak in, why even read it? Yeah. And so my, my book, the first several chapters is the parallel worlds of entertainment and business. You know, you, Jason, are wearing a shirt. That is your company shirt that you are wearing a costume. Mm. This is my costume today. Typically, if I was working for a franchise, I'd be wearing a, a, a suit. That is your costume, how you represent yourself. That is the actor's monologue. And how you, how you dress is extremely important because people mm. stereotype. Whether they say they don't, they do. People stereotype yeah. within the first 20 seconds of meeting somebody. And you can tell if that person's self-esteem is through the roof or not. And so I really found that working at Casper's, I was representing 4,000 plus employees. And so I had to maintain, uh, get my hair cut every two weeks, clean, clean shaven. How I dressed was not representing Dustin Portillo, yep. but it was representing a 64-year-old franchise yep. and 4,200 people. So it really makes you open your eyes to, to what's out there. So idiot, twofold, clown. And uh, if you can really truly embody the uh, idiot, I don't care what background, who you love, mm. what your skin color is, you can be successful at whatever you do in life. I love that. I love that. Let's walk through each one just for a second. So, you know, the, sure. the imagine, I mean, especially as adults, we get, we get older you know, it kind of gets tougher and tougher for us to, you know, our imagination just kind of dries up, you know, how can we sure. keep it fresh? How can we keep imagining new ideas and dreams and, you know, all that kind of stuff? You know, I think it is important for every day to spend X amount of time. I'm not going to say 10, 15, 20 minutes to daydream. Mm. I am a firm believer of manifesting and envisioning. And as a kid, I talk about this in my book, I manifested and envisioned myself being a clown for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. I lived and breathed it 24 seven. I came home from uh, school, threw on my plaid green pajamas, and I would envision that I was a clown for the circus. And I think if you can see the potential, potential isn't necessarily what's in front of you as of this moment, yep. but what is further down the line. And if you can see yourself doing something and envisioning it, you can bring it to life, but your heart has to truly be in it. And if your heart is not truly in it, you're never going to succeed. And I firmly believe that after I left Casper's company in September of last year, I, I had a couple of um, jobs and they were jobs. They were not careers. Mm. One of them I knew within the first week that it was a really bad decision. The toxic culture, X, Y, and Z. 
Yep. And I could not truly envision myself being there forever. Within the first week, I knew, yeah, this is not a good a good situation. And so if you can envision that, and, it, and if you can bring it to fruition, I firmly believe that, that knowing your potential, what's going to be down there in six months, a year yep. from now, is going to help you out. And of course, dreaming. I don't understand why as adults, we lose the power of dreaming. Yep. We all of a sudden, we get, we get sucked up into our own world and, and I get it, finances and mortgage and you know, trying to find that, that, that mission in life for that job. Um, the day-to-day can get very mundane, but we need to still keep alive that dreaming aspect. And it's so crazy that only 4% of the world's population will ever live out their childhood dream. Only 4%. Wow. So, you know, you, you think, you know, what is going on with the other 96%? What are they doing? Are they, are they truly living out their God-given purpose? Or are they just like zombies, just walking around the earth collecting a um, paycheck? Yep. I, I, just, I just don't buy into that. Yep. And so me going on this motivational journey... Um, is I truly believe the universe saying, this is what you need to do. You don't need to be doing a normal nine to five job. You need to be spreading idiocy around Mm. and you need to be letting people know that, you know, you've got one life, Jason, I've got one life. Unless you believe in a reincarnation, which I don't, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I know a lot. All right. I know a lot about nothing, (laughs) But, but, but what I do grasp is we got one life yeah and if you're not living it to the fullest and yep. imagining and dreaming and igniting your passion and purpose in life you know think of the 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 other eye for idiot is ignite yeah. you are up in the mountains of the rocky mountains and you're in this cabin and there's a fireplace and there's logs and there's a match in front of you and if you don't strike that match you're going to freeze to death mm. And that, and that fire is not going to light itself. So everyone, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a disability. Everybody has a burning desire inside of them, some, whatever yep. it is. And so if you don't strike that match and ignite that fire, it's never going to burn. Yep. And so many people lose hope. They feel hopeless. They feel like they have no life. They feel like they have no soul. Because they have not truly struck the match of what is motivating them deep down inside. So that's the I. That's the other I. D, or sorry, O, is own your originality. Mm. And own your originality and give things are my two favorite. Again, don't put a mask on. Mm. Everyone else is already wearing one. Yep. Uh, I gave a lecture about a month and a half ago to the marketing students over at um, the University of South Florida. And I was so surprised. I asked anyone who, who here comes to the campus and really doesn't portray themselves as who they are. And it, it took a while for the kids to, to, to own up to it. But this one kid raised his hand and someone who I was flabbergasted even, even had raised their hand. He looked like your typical popular kid, very well put together. 
Um, and so he felt that it was necessary to come to school and not show his true authentic self. He was hiding behind a mask. And I, and I felt so, so wow. bad for him that he was portraying something that truly was not him. Yep. And whenever you can own it and own who you are and be unapologetically yep. in your realm and walking into a room and people going, oh my gosh, look at the power. I'm not saying power as in I have power over you, but yep. everyone should have that glowing aura about them. That makes them unique and stand out and be that you know unicorn. Um, and then giving thanks. Mm. Why would the universe give you more if you're not happy with what you have now and you're not wow. thankful for that? Wow. Why would the universe give you more if you're not thankful for what you have now? And so many, and you know, Jason, I'm, I am, I am guilty of it. I'm guilty of, of everything I've said. I'm guilty of just the opposite as well. That's called being a human being. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, that, you know, I, I live and breathe this 24 seven. I, I have faults too. Yep. Uh, weirdly enough, you know, just because I am an idiot doesn't mean that I'm, that I am the, uh, the epitome of what I'm saying, but I know when I am spiraling or when I'm losing sight to, or I'm triggered to go back to what makes me me. Yeah. And I firmly believe that if you are not thankful for what you currently have, you're not going to get anything else. You know, we say, Oh, my job sucks. Um, my, you know, wife is always nagging at me. Well, you're always you're you know, saying all of these things, but what are you, what are you, what are you really grateful for? Mm. And the universe is going to help you out. That's called that's called karma. And you know, it is a it is a life. It is a boomerang of you know life. You throw it out there, and it's bound to come back and knock you upside the uh, head. Yep. So. Being thankful for what you have because there's, you know, people out there who currently don't have much. And I'm so fortunate that, you know, this holiday season, I am donating 24 hours of my time to Metropolitan Ministries, which is a, which is a local non-profit um, here. Yep. And they feed families. This year, 30,000 families. And so, you know, I'm, I'm giving turkeys or toys or whatever it is. And I, I sit there and I'm so grateful for what I've got. And, but I'm also passing along my my uh, my hope for those particular families mm. that one day they're going to get out of the slump they're in that they're going to be back at the tent volunteering yeah so always bless people you know give them the benefit of the doubt and just be thankful for what you have but if you follow those five key concepts i know for a fact it will transform your life like it has mine wow boy that is so powerful that's so powerful. Uh, Hallelujah. So, so rich. I mean, I just took so many, yeah, so many notes, you know, so many things that can kind of help steer us and guide us. As we kind of round the corner of, of, of our conversation, just curious from a standpoint. So I, I grew up as a kid who I was always a performer, loved to juggle, you know, be in front of people. You oh, know, very cool. Laugh. Yeah, always, yeah, yeah. always love that side of it. As a communicator now, I've always, you know, um, uh, steered on the, I'm a storyteller, so my stories mm. are, have funny moments, lots of laughter, all that kind of stuff. But sure. one of my own personal uh, irritations is when uh, people want me to perform when I'm not in that 
mode of like, okay, you know, like I just, you know, I'm on the stage. This is, I'm speaking now. This is what I do it. But then you get to someone's house and there's a party and they're like, oh, hey, perform, perform. Like uh-huh. how have you, sure. you know, had to like balance that? Cause I mean, you, you're like, that's like a whole other world, you know, to where that's your, yeah. you know, I'm just so curious from your perspective. Okay. So two perspectives, being a clown for the circus, you're doing, um, typical 13 to 15 shows a week. Each show is three hours and 15 minutes wow. plus all the television, newspaper and radio interviews. So you're a lot of hours spent. The last thing you wanted to do was to perform after you were off the circus floor mm. and people can't you know, grasp that. Well, you're a clown. You should always be a clown. That's a profession. And yes, I am a humorous person and I, my God-given talent is, uh, is my number one God-given talent is humor. But I know when to shut it on or when to turn it on and shut it off. And, but the outside world has a very difficult time. Well, you're, you know, you used to be a clown. You should always be funny. And, but I, yep. but I know moments of, you know, stillness. Yep. And, you know, after, whenever I portrayed Ronald McDonald, um, so much energy was um, spent. And the last thing I wanted to do was to go out to a restaurant. I wanted to go home and just relax. Yep. Um, because whenever you are the, the, the face of that huge brand, yep. you are always on. Yep. Ronald is never not on. Think <laughs> of like going to Disney World and you see Mickey Mouse just standing there. Yep. I'm telling you, you will never see any of the characters just standing there. They're always doing some sort of a movement because if, if they are just seen in there, the character looks dead. Yeah. So I, so those people are always having some sort of a, you know, movement. Um, it's also critical to, to have moments of seriousness. One of the reasons I got the Ronald McDonald contract, I auditioned at a local inner city school here Hmm. in full clown makeup. I was the only person who showed up to the audition looking like a clown. Huh. And after I auditioned, um, the the panel of uh, judges interviewed me because I had to go to work. And I did a 15, 20 minute interview in full clown makeup. And it was a serious <laughs> and it was a serious interview. Wow. They were asking credentials. And one of the one of the franchise owners months later said, you know, I picked you for this role because I was so flabbergasted that you were in full clown makeup. And yet you were holding a professional adult conversation. Mm. And he goes, that, that blew my mind. Cause typically people, you, you would slap that on and you're on. I mean, yep. you know, and I could have been making jokes and, but I, I know when to turn it on and turn it off. And I think yep. a lot of people don't know that. Um, so that is a very interesting question, uh, being serious and, and yep. the silly side of it. It's the silly side of business. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, hey, before I let you go, I want to hit some rapid fire question questions. Let our Ooh, audience kind of okay. get you know get to know you. And this kind of helps okay. us kind of keep developing as leaders. But we talk about sure. speaking a lot on this podcast. Do you have a favorite speaker? Is there just someone that you just ah oh, just love to listen to all day long? Do you know who Earl Nightingale is? I do not. I need to, it sounds like. Oh my gosh. So Earl Nightingale, he's been, he's passed away. It's probably been 20, 30, actually uh, 30 something years ago. He had a very popular radio show on 
um, for decades called uh, The Strangest Secret. And he was actually the, the uh, founder of the self-help. Um, Nightingale Conad was the, publishing, was the publishing company. And so I have 20 hours of his radio show. And they are in little snippets. They weren't like full-fledged 30 minute, you know, 45 minutes. They yep. were five, five minute in, um, antidotes that are still relevant today. And one, huh. of, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes is two of them. We become what we think about, mm. which has been uttered in, in every, every philosopher yep. has, has uttered those words. And coming from the McDonald's world for the past nine years, minimum wage isn't meant to be a lifestyle. Oof. It's meant to be a stepping stone to something great. And I think that we can all take a, a piece of that from, from that. What you know? What you are currently doing now is a stepping stone to something yep. greater than you, and that totally embodies what our mindset should be, where we currently are at this moment in time. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. Do you have a, a favorite podcast that you love, either leadership development or guilty pleasure that just kind of fills you up? Um. So Louise Hayes. Um, which is Hay House Publishing. Uh, she's, again, this is someone else who has passed away. Um, has, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a podcast, um, but she has um, YouTube videos out there that are just inspirational. It's like the law of attraction and that sort of stuff. And, um, and she, most of her stuff is, you know, based in trauma. You know, she mm. had a very traumatic childhood growing up. And so a lot of it is based in trauma. But a lot of it is the mindset work um, and yep. anything mindset related, um, we could all use it every single day. Um, little yep. small tune-ups. Yep. And so oh, those good. those two people I admire a lot. That's so good. Is there a book you think uh, every leader, boy, this is just a kind of a foundational book that every leader oh, should read? Um, there's a really great book that I just discovered with the past maybe two months called It's Okay to Be an Idiot. Um, and it's written by some guy named Dustin Portillo, who used to be a clown for the circus. And then, uh, but another really great book, and it just so happens that I, that I, that I had this here. And actually, this was not um, a stage at, um, at all. My old boss at Casper's company wrote a book called Generating Happiness. Huh. And, and it was his 47 years that he spent at Casper's company and the life lessons that he learned under, under the Golden Arches. It's really a phenomenal book, a lot of small anecdotes. Um, and, and, you know, I have known him now for almost 10 years and he lives and breathes this mantra of generating happiness. It's an incredible book. Um, I think it parallels a lot of people's, uh, uh, life and work. It's really a terrific book. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Dustin, thank you so much. This was so rich. Love hearing your story. Thank you for weaving it in, giving us some practical tips. Is there somewhere we can send our listeners online to go find out more about you or your upcoming book? You know, if you follow me on LinkedIn, okay. Dustin Portillo, I, you know, I, I post stuff all the time. I'm, yep. I'm very active on there. Uh, but yes, follow me, uh, comment. Um, I'll follow you. And let's just have a conversation and keep this motivational train moving. I love that. I love it. Well, Dustin, thanks again for being on the podcast. What a delight. Appreciate it very much.
Thank you, Jason, very much. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day we're encouraging each other, we're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.